0: Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. I'd like to take just a few moments and read a little something. It's not poetic. That I just want to say to the men, or the fathers today, is that all right with you? And I want to also give a special shout out to Pastor Bryson and Pastor Dave for holding this pulpit down while I was gone. They did a phenomenal job. They, they, I, I, that wasn't really good enough for how they did, I'm, I'm telling you, they did a phenomenal job. And I, I pray that we can hear more of their preaching. I've, uh, I was listening to Pastor Bryson's uh, message uh, this morning. I mean, we need to hear that preacher more. If you don't come on Wednesday nights, you need to come on Wednesday night, where he makes his living. Yes. He makes his living on Wednesday night, just giving him service. You want to enjoy his ministry. He's right there on Wednesday nights. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, here, let me read this to you. Depending on how you grew up, today is either a very happy or very sad or very disappointing day. You may think it's all a bad story, but God thought it was important for you to both have a father and a mother. Some of us never have seen a good father. But I want to thank the men of this church for being good fathers. Thank you for continuing to love, to stand, to stay, not to leave, to be the best example you could be for being trustworthy and a true example as evidence of your presence here today. One of the best things that you have done for your family, for this community, is to just be in church. You are giants, pillars, men of God, loved and desperately needed every day in this life. I want to say that it is a blessing to have your, you, to have your father living. So no matter what the circumstances are in your life currently, where he may have failed, Find a way today to bless and don't curse. Masculinity, manhood, fatherhood are things that are under attack. And I ask you as a gift to them to elevate the fathers in our life and thank God for them right now. Let's take a moment and thank God for the fathers who have stood the test of time, the fathers who have helped in their generation, the fathers who have done what is right and not done what is wrong the fathers who have lifted us up and protected us and cared for us and said, I'm willing to be a community example for us. They've done baseball leagues and basketball leagues and they and they coach and they mentor and they fill in the gaps when there is gaps, And they're not just interested in their own homes, they're interested in the whole community. Thank you for elevating our status. Thank you for loving the youth, loving the children, We got men that can work in children's ministry because they're strong. We got men that work in youth ministry because they're strong. Thank you. We got men that love their wives and who are faithful to their wives. Don't need another woman, a side chick. Thank you for not having a side, nothing. Thank you. All right. When I was growing up for a time, I did not have male leadership or my father's leadership in my life. I didn't understand why my mother thought I needed some, but she did. And she thought the best way for me to get that leadership was to send me to camp. Now, I didn't think that was the best way, but she thought it was the best way. And statistically, it's one of the best things you can do for young people is to send them to camp. So, you know, she did it. But she happened to send me in the years of my awkward body phase. Some of y'all saying it's still awkward, but, you know, you just can, you know, just work it out, Pastor James. You know, I, I, I am. Awkward mind phase, awkward emotion phase. <laughs> and uh, one of the things they did to help you as a young man to face your fears is they developed something called the Bear's Den. And I've told this story before, but not in this context of this light. The Bear's Den was a... It, it was cold, it was icy, it was dark, it was about 30, 40 yards, uh, no, no not, not yards, feet. It was underground, and you had to crawl through it on your stomach, and you had to inch your way with your elbows, and it was completely like a tube. If you're claustrophobic, like I was at the time, you would freak out. You know, when they close the doors, it's completely dark. And I watched all the other campers go because when you don't want to go, that's what you do. You watch all the other people and you're trying to develop your courage. Like when you go onto a roller coaster, you don't want to go on a roller coaster. You waiting in that long line to see if you've got enough courage to go on a roller coaster. Yeah, that's what I was doing. And it was my turn. I just kind of raised my hand. You know how, again, in the roller coaster, how if you get there and you don't want to ride, you just walk across. Anybody ever walk across? Y'all want to give me some amens? Walk across. Walk, walk across, people. Let me see your hand now because your family. know. Okay. little walk across. That's all right, James Braxton. I see you, you got to walk across spirit. So I just kind of put my hand up like I'm, <laughs> I opt out of this. And uh, the, the guy at the camp said, no, no, no. You don't get to opt out of the Bears then. That's what you're for. You're here for. And I said, Wow. And he said, well, you have to go. I said, I, I can't go. And then, you know, because this is in the chaos message. This, if you've never had a panic attack before, you won't know what it's looked like. You, you'll think the people who have panic attack just kind of making something up. But if you've had one before, you know that's the moment. Start hyperventilating. You can't breathe right. You feel like you can pass out any moment, you know. And I was crying hysterically. You know that one said, <gasps> <laughs> and in my mind it was enough physical disturbance on me for somebody to say let that boy out. he don't have to do it I could breathe if they did that but he doubled down the cat director said we're not leaving here we can't move on to our next activity till you do this you're the last one just to pause my story for a moment and say if you've ever been that director, that camp director, you cruel, cruel (laughs) human. And I say, God bless you in the most unsincere way. Okay. So I get there, and then then a a guy just says, look, he's going to go. He kind of just grabs me, pushes me down in the thing, and said, you're going to go, because he was just tired of waiting. The particular person that grabbed me and pushed me in the hole was the person who was identifying my awkward body, mind, and emotions all the time, teasing me and cajoling me. Now he's in the bear's den in the dark with me. My situation went from bad to worse. Now I am cold, claustrophobic, in a dark place, paralyzed, immobilized, and absolutely stuck. And I believe that story is important because that's what a lot of people's lives have started to look like. Immobilized, dark, cold, just stuck. And I began to wonder, is there help for us in these situations? And there was some help that came from me. I believe there's some help that can come from you, and this is why we've been doing this message series in the chaos. Let's read Psalm 23 together. When you have it, say, man, or when it appears on the screen, however that goes. Ready? Read. I'd like to go backwards just a little bit and touch on with Pastor Dave and Pastor Bryson taught on a little bit about the shepherd and identify that this idea of deity working with humanity in terms of a shepherd uh, and an authority are common in an Eastern culture. Jesus. Uh, excuse me, in the catacombs, they found all of these, um, you know, mot- motifs of Jesus with a sheep around his neck. And while that is true, it just doesn't tell a complete story. Let me just read into your hearing just a few scriptures that identify him as, as um, a shepherd so that we can put into context the full lesson that we'll teach today. In Genesis, we see Jacob first referring to the Lord is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. In Psalm 28, 9, we say, David has invited the Lord to shepherd the people of Israel and bear them up forever. In Psalm 80, verse 1, it says, you look to the Lord who is the shepherd of all of Israel and leads Joseph like a flock. We look at uh, Isaiah 41 and 11, and it talks about the Lord's chief responsibility is to feed the flock like a shepherd and to bear them up in his arms. Zechariah 13 and 7 speaks of the Messiah being a shepherd that is struck and then shatters the sheep, uh, scatters the sheep. John 10, and 10:14, 14, uh, Jesus speaks this of himself, that he is the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep and who can say, I know my sheep. And am known by my own. Hebrews 13 and 20 speaks of Jesus as the great shepherd of the sheep. First Peter 2 and 21 calls Jesus the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. First Peter 5 and 4 calls him the chief shepherd. One of the things we can get excited about is he, he is a shepherd who is good. He is a shepherd who is the chief. He's a shepherd who cares. He's a shepherd who feels. We know that the Lord, as mighty and as as powerful as he is, he's intimate to be a shepherd, which in that society was a low position, and he was willing to do the lowest job, the most necessary job for the most vulnerable animals, uh, or in our case, the most vulnerable would be us, the sheep. So, as we start our lesson, I start out confused, because if He is a good shepherd, why is He leading us or walking us through the valley of the shadow of death? What does good have to do with bad? What does light have to do with darkness? And why aren't we running through the valley, trying to avoid the valley, go around the valley, you know, taking an alternate route, just parking just in front of the valley, why are we going on a stroll, on a walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which in the Hebrew word really means the valley of the deepest darkness? Now, what does the good shepherd have to do with walking us through a dark place? If you're a good shepherd, Don't you know wolves are in that place? Spiders are in that place. It's all spidery. Ain't nothing worse than walking through a spider web and don't know if the spider's on you. Ain't nothing worse than that. Doesn't he know that bandits hang out in the dark? There's something immoral hangs out in the dark. In fact, I just can't understand what good thing happens in the dark, and you want us to walk through it. Let's double time. Let's, you know, let's just get through. Give me some instructions as we walk through the valley of the deepest darkness. Like, hey, everybody stay together, get a partner. I mean, something. <laughs> Nobody we going through the darkness. It seems as if God has allowed us to be in a world where you cannot avoid the darkness. The moment that we pick up our phones, the darkness begins to invade your personal space. The darkness is on every uh, uh, TV commercial. Sports programs, comes the darkness. I just can't hardly take it. Disney is confusing everybody. It was supposed to be simple. Don't we just have to deal with the wizardry? Now we got most stuff. And Lord, Burden Ernie didn't come out. No, it's true. It's true. Ruining all of it for me. It's like we live in a world where, where the darkness is almost defined as a reality we just must embrace. And it seems like the good shepherd is embracing the dark reality by saying, we're just going to walk there and we can do about it. Nothing worse than looking at darkness and saying, it's just a fact of reality. I'm not going to, you know, it's nothing to do. But yet he maintains his title of goodness. So I'm going to say this, a good shepherd will walk you into a dark place. But how does he maintain the title? Good. When you didn't mock me to some bad. I know the Bible says the Lord doesn't tempt. But yet, why am I tempted every day? Why, why are you leading me? So here it is. Darkness, the beginning to find. The shadow of death. It didn't say death. It's almost as if we all know we've got to die, so I actually think humans can deal with the ideal of death. We can't deal with how we're going to die. We know we're going to die. I just want to kind of wake up one day and say, Lord, you here? <laughs> you know, wow, that was quick. I didn't feel nothing. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if that, you know? But, but what really terrifies people when they're going through the shadow of death, it's not death, it's a shadow of it. It's a, 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 a foresight. It's a, it's a, it's a prediction. It, 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 it's like telling, you know, in this walk, the possibility of your death is there. And then the unknown increases the anxiety. You know, since the pandemic, the level of anxiety has been amplified when you get into the darkness. 64% of people, for instance, don't believe that they, they don't like to be in the darkness, even at night. They turn the light on. A night light. Some people crack the bathroom door so it'll just give a little glow into the room some people gotta have a TV on to have that ambient light just running statistically 20% of people think before they go to bed there's some other presence in the room that's jacked up you ain't going to bed quick you just gotta keep on checking the corners that's a shadow that's nothing that's a fly Oh Lord. you know you just you, you go through some stuff at night you in a dark place God promised you rest, and you can't rest you in darkness. In the shadows, Jack got you. 17% of y'all are still looking under the bed. I asked somebody one time, I said, y'all, you still looking under the bed? Yeah. I said, you've been looking at scary movies. Nope, the commercials will do enough. <laughs> and they can't lose that image. In the darkness, where he has led me, brings fear, and fear brings torment. So I cannot have peace. But yet he begins to make a statement about these sheep. Go, go back to verse 4. I want you to see this. Uh, he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? He will fear no evil. They don't have fear. Why? For thou art with me. All of these things that I notice when I'm in the dark the sheep don't even notice. All of these things that are crowding my space and disturbing my peace, they don't get it. Because they have limited their life to just focus on the shepherd. They can't see nothing else. Now I wish when I was in the bear's den I could have had this revelation. But because I did not, I was stuck. If you don't have a revelation of the shepherd, then you are stuck. You might be saying, Well, you don't know my situation. You don't know how dark it is. You don't know how tough it is. Everybody's, you know, I'm a counselor, so everybody's going to say, If once you, they believe, Everybody believe that once I hear their situation, I'm going to have a different counsel. I will let you know if you're going to come to me for counsel, it's going to come out of the Bible. And the answers stay pretty consistent. Go to Psalm 139. This is why you don't have to fear the darkness. This is why they didn't fear the darkness. Let me see it. Read that with some some power and some rhythm. Psalm, the Pastor Dave told you it's a poem. It's like a song. It's got to have some cadence to it. Ready, read. Leave that scripture up there. I can't go anywhere without the shepherd being present. I can't go to heaven. He's occupying all the space. I can't even get to the grave without him saying, you know, I'm here too. If I get off a land where he's at and I go in the air, he's there. When I get to the sea, now this is one I had trouble with. Because you know, I just got off vacation, and I just want to have a Bethel moment with you guys in a diverse church. Not a lot of black people on the beach. It's not, okay? It's not. Let's just deal with that for a second. Black people know there are sharks in the water. And they know the diet of a shark is a seal. And they're a little sealish. (laughs) <laughs> oh God, help me. It's a fun being in the diverse church, ain't it? You can't say it, but I can, but it's funny. It's funny. Ain't it funny? Oh Lord. But I had to realize the scripture when I was in the beach on my little vacation. I was nervous that because shark is in there. Even if I get in the sea, he's there. <laughs> But more importantly than anything else, when I face the darkness, the darkness is like light to him. His perspective in the darkness is not the same as my perspective in the darkness. He's not using the same type of eyes that I'm using. So I can't guide myself through with ultraviolet light and all the other versions of light, but he can see through everything. He sees where the wolf is, he already got him. He sees where disease is, he already got him. He sees where immorality is, he already got that. All I've got to do is keep my eyes on the shepherd. But when I cannot see the shepherd Pastor Bryson amplified in his message, all I've got to do is hear his voice. You know what got me out of that bear's den? Because I knew my enemy was with me. He was behind there kicking me. I can't, I'm immobilized. But I finally heard the voice of the camp director saying, Follow my voice. And even though I was in the dark, I stopped imagining all of the bad things that could happen to me in the dark. Because if you spend your time meditating on how much power the darkness has, you will not follow his voice. There is a lie out in the community that God is losing the battle to darkness. That Christians who are light bearers and who are commanded to be lights in the world are losing the battle. But I've got great news for you that darkness is light for him. And in him is light and life and no darkness at all. And he dwells in unapproachable light. So what am I saying? I'm saying that no matter how much darkness you perceive, he is there being the light. He is with you. I want to park here for a moment because it's so easy to make that a religious statement. Oh, he with me. It's just, its that's good to know. But you're not taking advantage of the benefit that is. You still think there are other forces in this world that have control over you. I've got good news for you. Stop watching the stock market as if it determines your future. Stop watching what world leaders do or don't do as if it determines your future. Stop looking at the mayoral race in Nashville, like if I get that one, it's really gonna work out good for me. None of these people have control over your future. They are not your shepherds. They cannot lead you through the darkness. They're not a sign to lead you through the darkness. But there's one who says of himself, my word is a lamp unto your feet. It's a guide unto your path. So no matter how dark your situation, you always have direction. He is with me in the darkness. And if he is with me, you know, you made me never face the bully like I had before. And I told y'all this story before my, my, my sister's here, but my sister was my protector. And, and when you're with the person who can defeat the bully, you start talking. <laughs> yeah, what you gonna do? Bobo, Bobo, what you gonna do? Bobo, what you gonna do? Kenya. <laughs> Bobo said he gonna slap me. When your shepherd is there, that's the most confidence. You don't even hear what your enemy has to say. I stopped thinking about the guy behind me who had been talking about me the whole camp. Got the whole camp talking about me. I didn't hear his voice no more. Because he couldn't get me out. He only could keep me stuck. Yeah. Yes. Now, he goes on the end of this Message, He said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod is used as a weapon against your enemy. A weapon against what would ever hurt you. But yet it's a hook or a tool of comfort if you get too far away from the shepherd, he lovingly uses the same instrument to bring you back. Stop worrying about if somebody can get you. The boogeyman, tell the boogeyman, come on out. That's what you got to do if you ever have to deal with fear. I'm serious. You got to talk. You got to say something. Don't keep it in your mind. If the boogeyman, if you are in here, come on out. Because he promised his beloved sleep. I'm going to sleep. So come on out. Let's have it out. If you exist, bring yourself out. And don't face me, face him. Oh you ain't got nothing to say now, boogie man. I'm going to sleep. Baby, turn the TV off? Take the night light out. Let's deal with it. There's a moment I, I suffered with fear. I suffered in a city where it was a murder capital world, house been broken into, been robbed personally. Nobody on my block besides me and Chris Weber made it by not going to jail or being killed. I got legitimate fear. Walked around my house with spooked at everything until I realized that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He said, I have power over all the power of the enemy. It's time for you to stop believing the lie of the devil That tells you you're in a weak position when you have a strong shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And you know what he does? He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemy. He said, don't run. Just wait a minute. I know Judas is at your table, Lord Jesus. I know that the disciples are going to leave you, but don't run. I want this meal to happen in front of them. He said, if the enemy would have known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Your adversary cannot stop you. Your boss cannot stop you. Stop thinking that there's human power that is greater than the power of the shepherd in your life. He is your shepherd. You shall not want. I know you're on the brink of something bad, but he's got you to there so he can show you I got a table prepared. I know that you're not used to the miracle-working shepherd showing up, but he doesn't lose a sheep. He never lost one. The good shepherd, the chief shepherd has never lost one person. And if you're living without the confidence of that, you're living in fear. He's never lost one prepares a table. My boss one time withheld a a bonus check from me and went to her office and I said, let me pull this contract out. See these right here? You wrote down. Says I am old. She said, yeah, but that was a bad deal. We shouldn't have signed that. I said, yeah, you probably shouldn't because I would have done it for free but you signed it, and I got a baby on the way. So I need that money. But I said, the reason I'm bringing it up is not because I won't force you to do anything. I thought I'd tell you that God told me I have to forgive you, but he also said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord I will repay. I have a shepherd who just loves me so much he'll die for me. No, I'm serious. I I just said it just like that. I said, he loves me a lot. If I was you, I'm not telling it was you, but if I was you, I would just pay the money because it's just not worth it. I've seen what happened when he mad at people about me. I didn't get get all the way to my office before the email came. Your check is on the way. the shepherd don't play games with his sheep he will put the 99 in order tell people y'all watch them i'm gonna get him i'll beat him he's smooth like that powerful like that he's got a table before you in the presence of your enemies then he said he anoints my head with oil he's willing while you're in the darkness to stop the whole caravan in the valley of the deepest dark. everybody stop just a little cut on little James right here. Give me that oil. Let's anoint him. Some flies is bothering him. Let's get him all lathered up. Wait a minute. is more. Y'all need some? Okay. Well, you you, you want to stop in the dark place? You don't want to get out in the light? Yeah. It's all oh good, little sheepy sheep. It's all light to me. I, I saw you had a problem while you was in the darkness. I'm not in the darkness. You in the darkness. Don't worry about that sheep. Remember how I make you lay down and I give you green passes and I lead you on the right path, not the wrong path? You okay, little sheep. He anoints you. Now that anointing brings a level of power and purposeful direction. He has an intimacy within that anointing. Finally, he said, your cup run over. You know, there's a cup that everyone in all humanity is destined to drink from without Christ Jesus intervention. According to Revelation, it's a cup of his wrath. No, it's his wrath poured out into the cup of his anger that is then be poured out on this world as a judgment for disobeying him where we're all, where anybody whose name is not listed in the Lamb's book of life will have to experience the second death, which is to be thrown in the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment. I know that was a lot, just, you know, study your Bible. But I don't have to drink that cup. He said, hold on, don't drink that one. All you need to do is say, I'm your shepherd. Don't drink that one. All, when he says he restores my soul, that re- word restore means to repent. All you got to do is repent and turn to him, make him your shepherd. He said, oh, you don't, you don't have to drink that cup anymore. The reason you're not afraid is because no matter how great or how bad your life is here on earth, heaven is so much better. You are living to live again. So he says, don't worry about that cup, but what cup I'm going to give you? Grace, mercy, abounding love, favor unspeakable, joy unspeakable, peace that passes all understanding, guarding and keeping your heart and mind in Christ Jesus and whatever else you could desire, whatever else you can want. I'll give you all things richly to enjoy. This is a cup that is running over and the question comes to us, do you have a relationship with the good Shepherd? I know that the sheep had a good relationship with him because the Bible said they walked with him in the valley of darkness. My mama, she shouldn't have took me here, but she took me to a haunted house when I was young. Thought it would be fun. We got in there. It was real scary. So scary that she started fighting the monsters. And then we were holding on to us, her, and she said, we look like monsters. She left us in the house. I forgot what point I was making on that. It was so good. good. The point is, is that when you don't have a relationship, an intimacy with the good shepherd, you're left to fend for yourself in the darkness. And it doesn't go well. You run into walls. You run into monsters. The thing you fear most come upon you. I can't tell you the number of people that I've talked to, and they say, it's real. I saw the devil sitting right in front of me. I saw the, I, and, and let me tell you, I'm not discrediting that you had an authentic experience, but it wasn't mixed with the truth The truth is, He gives you power over all demonic delusions and temptation. He gives you power over all that. You don't have to meditate on, is the paranormal real? The God over all things is real, and He can give you a peaceful platform to live in. Stand to your feet. Pastor Bryson, come on up. as a father, you want everybody in your household to be saved. As a pastor or under shepherd under the Christ Jesus, the chief shepherd, you want everybody to be saved. The reality is that not everybody has put their trust in the shepherd. And maybe, even if you're born again already, you've been guiding your own life. So when you hit darkness you're paralyzed you're stuck it becomes cold I pray today that you would hear the shepherd's voice leading you out of the darkness I'm so glad that he didn't leave that teenage boy with the awkward life in that place I could never stand in this place if he left me in that place God is unwilling to leave you stuck in the dark place, immobilized, paralyzed that you've been in. If you have found yourself in a dark place for whatever reason, dark because you don't have a shepherd, come get one. Dark because you've not taken advantage of the relationship with the shepherd, come and be prayed for. Just by your head, start asking the Lord whether he needs you need something from him. You, you know what you need above everybody else. Ask him to start aligning your life and let him touch some areas. Where have you shepherded yourself instead of had a good shepherd? Where have you failed to go into the dark place because you didn't think he could ever lead you there? He leads you there for victory, not defeat. The victory is yours. Take it.